everybody, welcome to another episode of Easy Tarot Lessons. I'm Dusty White, the author of The Easiest Way to Learn Your Tarot Ever and Advanced uh, Tarot Secrets. I've got Nate on the phone with me. Nate is uh, one of my students who has made tremendous progress over the last couple of months of study with me. And he's really been able to get a lot of physical results, life experiences out of his study with the tarot. It's not just something you do at a party or where you can read for clients, but he's been able to improve the quality of his life through some of the techniques that we're going to talk about today. So everybody, please uh, grab a pen and paper and take notes. This is going to be a big lesson, but it's going to be a very short one. So we're going to try to get this in as quickly as possible. Nate, thank you for being with me here today and my squeaky chair. My pleasure. Um, the techniques we're going to talk about today are from Advanced Tarot Secrets. And if you don't have that book, um, I will try to explain at least the basics so you can, you know, get this and use it uh, as early as today. You, you know, when this podcast is done, you can sit down and, and make it work. But if you really want to get the best results, you know, cop up to $22, um, go to the back of the book, read problem solving with the tarot, brainstorming with the tarot, and even tarot exercises for authors. Um, all of these uh, share a certain uh, set of techniques that blend together. And my concern is not selling you a $22 book. It is you getting results that change your life. So that's, but you got to have the tools to do it. Now, Brainstorming with the tarot or problem solving with the tarot does require that you've done exercise 11 from the easiest way to learn the tarot ever. Um, you have to have your deck taped up to do this. And Nate, you've got your deck on, on the wall, right? I do have my deck on the wall. I'm looking at it right now. Okay, great. To get best results, you really want to have two decks for this. Can you do it with one deck? Yes, but you're kind of hampering your, your uh, progress. So if, if you can, have two decks that you like, uh, one on the wall, one in your hands. You can shuffle the cards as you need to, but that, that's more to just um, make yourself feel comfortable. Um, if the cards are in order, it'll be a lot easier for you to pull everything from. But let's just get right into this and how to do it. So uh, first thing you do is uh, grab a pen and paper and jot down the, the problem that you are trying to solve or what you're trying to accomplish. We'll do examples after I give you guys the basics. Uh, at this point, once you can succinctly set down objectively on paper, you know, something you can look at and, and see it as if it's somebody else's problem. Once you can do that, you got a few words or a whole paragraph on exactly what it is you're trying to trying to do. I want you to glance over your cards and take a few minutes to figure out which cards best represent that situation. This is where your knowledge of the individual cards is going to come to play. You don't need to understand the Kabbalistic or numerological, astrological or UFO uh, definitions or hidden secret occult meanings of the cards or any of that folder all. 
what you need to do is to be able to look at the cards and see how they can represent real life. That's what they're for. And see which one, two, three, four, five cards best represent the scenario that you're in right now. Um, I've jumped ahead of myself. Uh, I'll go to that in a moment, but let me let me rephrase that and say, pick pick out the cards that represent what you're trying to achieve. Now, I don't want you to fall into the three card spread trap. Um, people are far too reliant on three card spreads, as if three is some kind of magical number uh, that supersedes all numbers and. Uh, that a three-card spread can solve anything. Three is just a convenient number. One is very short, simple, powerful, easy, but it doesn't give you a lot of depth. Two is nice um, and has its strengths and possibilities, but three gives you a nice, rich um, experience, kind of like a musical chord. One note, like a good, solid middle C, mm -hmm. is... It's bold. It's powerful. It is, you know, it, it alerts you. But a chord, um, especially like a three-note chord, uh, it introduces the concept of harmonics. And the same thing with the tarot. It, it just seems to make the cards work together. Now, when you get on wieldy four, five, six, seven cards, now you're just getting mental clutter. It's the same reason why uh, phone numbers are broken down into an area code. At least in the United States, it's um, three numbers for the area code, three numbers, dash, and then four numbers. And other countries probably do the same thing, where they break long strings of numbers down into two, three, or four, um, so that the mind can encapsulate that. This is the why the popularity of uh, two, three, and uh, sometimes even four-card spreads is so rampant. But don't fall into the... Uh, the pattern behavior of oh we're gonna do three good spread. Um, it's the domain of the weak and the lazy. What I want you to do is to physical physically pull out the cards from the deck in your hands that you need to paint your picture and lay them out geometrically. That's the key word geometrically. And I'm not saying you know we'll put a star of David or put a pentagram or you know some kind of crazy mathematical cross. That has its place and value, but that's super advanced work that you don't need to do to accomplish your goal right now. If you're into that stuff, if you're at that level, do it. If you're not, don't think you're missing out. Um, it's like the difference between collegiate English and conversational English or any language. I just happen to be speaking English at the moment. Um, the collegiate level of language is nice and it's eloquent and erudite and blah, 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 blah. But uh, as Hemingway put, if you can say something, use the least amount of words necessary. Um, or as Shakespeare said, something about brevity being the soul of wit. Same thing applies to the tarot. Don't shortchange yourself by refusing to use too many cards. But remember that the more cards you add, the more complicated you're going to make it. The beauty of laying out your cards geometrically 
is that you can use the uh, power of visuals to place cards in such a way where some cards are dominant and other cards are subordinate. Some cards uh, describe or aspect or shape another card. Do you remember aspecting and shaping uh, and descriptive cards, Nate? Uh, yeah. So this this goes on in the sense of, um, I used to call it Batman and Robin, um, um, uh, Hero and Sidekick, where um, we'll have a primary card and then a, a descriptive card kind of supports and shapes it. It kind of fleshes it out, right? Yeah. Okay. I want to make sure that uh, I'm staying on track here. So when I say lay your cards out geometrically, if your chosen uh, goal, if, if the thing you're trying to accomplish uh, is, well, let me for, let me give you for an example. Let's say um, uh, you want to date um, a certain uh, woman. You've got an ideal you're looking for. I said because Nate's on the phone to a girl as well. Let's say date a certain guy. Or if you want to. Um, Well, for example, Nate's a musician. Let's let's try to. I don't I don't want to give too many examples yet because I want to I want to work on this at the end. But but just so I can be a little bit clear on this, Nate wants to be or Nate is a musician. Uh, if Nate wants to be a uh, you know professional music, musician uh, of a caliber where that's all he has to do in life, he doesn't have to have another job. He can have one or two cards to describe in his mind what that means to him, uh, what kind of musician, uh, uh, you know, what instrument he is or where he is in the band or if he's a solo artist, those will be the primary or hero cards and the subordinate or sidekick cards that would slip right under that would shape and define, well, does he want to do uh, uh, angry loud music, you know, um, high energy music, uh, does he want to do ballads and romance, I mean, what we're trying to do is is use the cards to paint a mosaic that most accurately describe what Nate is trying to accomplish. And if we just lay cards out, like one card, two cards, three cards, those three cards uh, or four cards, if they're all in a row, they all kind of, uh, it's very egalitarian. They all kind of claim the same uh, power. But if we put um, the cards in a triangle or we slip one card uh, under another where it's mostly covered by another, we create a, uh, a visual that strikes our mind and puts us in the psychological state that one card is more important than another, that one card is the focus and the other card is kind of like... Like like Robin to Batman. There's been a whole bunch of Batman movies. There really hasn't been a you know all boy wonder Robin movie. You know, yay DC Comics copyright. You know, um, so getting back on track here, um, we're laying out our cards geometrically. That's what I mean by geometrically. Is you don't have to come up with uh, smiley faces or crosses and stars and was it green clovers and yellow moons, but you do have to um, lay the cards out to where 
that makes sense to you. And this is where you're really kind of inventing your own spread, whether it's a one-time use or you're going to be using it on a, on a regular basis. I don't want you to feel trapped into using a standard spread. Can you use one of the existing spreads, Celtic Cross, Roundabout, uh, any other, uh, other number of spreads? Uh, yes, absolutely. But I'd rather you do a free-form spread to focus on describing your unique situation rather than trying to force your reality into the confines of a spread. That's what that's what this brainstorming session is all about. And that's why we're calling it brainstorming with the tarot. Um, it requires a certain amount of free association. And the tarot cards are great for that. Now, getting back to what I uh, touched on earlier, this process works well. It works especially well with choice spreads. Um, I'm here. I could go here or here. This is where you would use a significator to represent where you are, and then one to where you want to go. And now you have multiple paths. And, and that's, that's where instead of just building a descriptive situation of where you, where you go, you want to have two descriptive situations, one where you are now and where you want to go. So you'll find it now, two encampments this little pile of cards and that pile of cards. You want some physical space in between them so that you can start building out your path um, and your uh, your tiles to, to build that path would be, of course, your, your, your cards. The thing to remember is that the cards on the wall are your quick reference visual. It's, it's your cheat sheet. You can look up on the wall scan over the entire deck and just keep your mind open uh, don't don't try to draw cards oh tell me what card i need um, use your brain but use the tarot as a uh, stimulus and almost as if you're having a conversation with the cards on the wall you're looking to see which ones best represent what you're trying to describe and alternatively you are looking at the cards visually to come up with new ideas, to spark ideas. So we're not in this case asking the cards what's going to happen you know, next week. How can I do this? We're looking at the cards as a, uh, an addition or a helper to our logical process. This is a very powerful technique and this will enhance your tarot abilities because it'll force your brain to see the cards in different ways and this will help your divinatory readings but we're not doing divination right now and this particular technique increases the value of the deck in your hands exponentially because instead of just using it as a tool like everybody else does uh, you now have, it's now more like a Swiss Army knife for it, you know, a whole multiple uh, number of uses. So let's say you have your base cards in place, uh, and then you have a few options. Okay, so Nate wants to be a musician. Actually, I'm going to hold off on uh, um, examples, so I apologize. I'm going to speak generically here. You have your 
base cards in place, you're able to describe where you want to go. And logically, you might have um, a few options come to mind. If you know where you want to go, wow, I want a million dollars and I have no idea how to do it. Um, then your work's going to be a little harder for you, but it's not impossible. So you don't need to know what your possible paths are. But if you have a few starter paths, um, from the ridiculous to the sublime to the... This might just work. Um, these will kickstart the process. So you have your cards on the table. That represents where you need to be. At this point, turn over to uh, the cards on the wall. Excuse me one second. I just woke up this morning. Apologize. And look at the cards on the wall and just allow yourself to absorb them. Uh, just run over the cards as if they are uh, a chart or a graph or a whole bunch of um, uh, suspects in a murder mystery. These aren't cards that loom over you and have power. They're just images and each one of them is clamoring to have you pick them. You know, Can I help? Can I help? Can I help? You weed out that noise and it's a visual intellectual noise. So you just kind of weed out and you just let that wash over you. And as you glance, you're looking for cards that resonate with the uh, end goal. Is this making sense, Nate? Yeah, following along. Because I'm going to have you do it in here in a moment. So we have our base goal. Whether or not we know how things can go or have a couple of options or what resources we have, even if we don't, the whole point is to look at the cards in the wall and with, without rushing, just go through the entire deck. You, now, if you're very organized and analytical, you can go row by row. Otherwise, you can just allow yourself to, to look here and there and see what catches your eye. But if nothing catches your eye, then you're going to want to go back and do it analytically and go, okay, this card, this card, this card. The point is to solve your problem. The point is to come up with the best possible option. It's not to you know, rush the process. And as your 78 cards collectively have to be able to describe any possible event, circumstance, location, person, action in all of existence, then you should be able to do this with the cards in your wall. Now, I want you to slowly build your mosaic by picking out the cards and placing them. And you don't have to do it in a linear process. For example, and this is the beautiful, this is a beautiful thing, as I interrupt myself, this is the beautiful thing about using the tarot is it's objective, it's it's outside of you. They are literally cards on the table. And so you can read forward or you can read backward or you can put stuff in like a jigsaw puzzle where you find different pieces. So you're where you're at now and whether or not you've used a significator pile for that, I'll call that a significator pile because that's an easy term 
that I think should make sense. So you have your goal significator pile. Okay, that's, let's say, on the other side of the table. And maybe you have a significator pile here, or maybe you don't, and that's fine. Um, but, you know, what we're representing now. You may not know the first steps to take, but you may know steps along the way that you will have to take at some point. If that's all you got, that's a great place to start. And pick out the least number of cards. One is perfect. Um, two, if you need them, it is perfect. Three, if you absolutely need all three cards, that's perfect too. In other words, there's not a better or worse way to do it. The better or worse way to do it is the right number of cards and understanding what you mean by that card being in that position. And this is probably something I should uh, have covered earlier, so I apologize. But you don't need to use 15 cards to, to try to explain every, every aspect of what it is that you're trying to accomplish or what you're trying to infer uh, by a path on the way. The beauty of one or two cards to describe each point along the way or your end goal or where you are now is that we're not looking at a specific card and saying, well, Kabbalistically it means this, or in Dusty's book it means that, or so-and-so always told me it means this. That card is a representation of something much bigger. It's literally a placeholder. Like um, if you're playing a game, your little token on the board represents um, more than just your position on the board. It represents uh, your rate of progress, who you are. Um, there's a whole bunch of unvoiced information, especially on a complex game, uh, than just the little you know, red token or, or blue token. So in the same way, the tarot card that you lay down to represent the next step in the journey or something you have to accomplish or a circumstance you have to get past or a hurdle you have to uh, uh, cross. We're not limiting our understanding of reality to the face value of that card. And that's, again, I apologize. I can't explain all of this to you in 30 minutes and get you to be able to do it. Uh, you're going to have to get the book. But if you can understand what I'm saying, then you can just jump in on this right now. The card is just a visual representation inside your mind. You know the picture you're painting. The card is just um, like a mnemonic device. All right, so got our place, we got our thing. If you have to, place your steps along the way. If you have to, work backward from the goal. Say, okay, in order to do that, uh, I will have to at some point do this. And then, so, and then if, if you can work forward, I know I have to do this. I know I have to at least get up in the morning. Okay, well, I'm just going to start. What's a good getting up in the morning card? Not the nine of swords. That's a, that's a, oh. <laughs> I, uh, that's how I feel right now. It's like, oh, God, I stayed up way too late last night. Um, what the, oh, look, it's the fool. Ha, la, la, look, I'm awake. La, la, la. <laughs> Holy crap, that's a, that's a good getting up in the morning card. Yeah. Just got not a care in the world. All right. Um, so that's the basic emphasis. Uh, I mean, that's the basic process. I apologize. 
Now, we'll explain all this in just a moment so you can really understand the process by seeing it in action. But I want to insert a caveat. Um, the techniques of brainstorming, problem solving, uh, and obviously the uh, tarot exercises from authors, these represent a whole different phase of the tarot um, that is separate and distinct from, from divination. In the first book, The Easiest Way to Learn the Tarot Ever, and the first half of the uh, of Advanced Tarot Secrets, um, I focus specifically on divination. In the last half of Advanced Tarot Secrets, in the second book, um, we move into a world far beyond the looking glass. We talked about manifestation, dowsing, uh, and the things that I've just mentioned, problem solving, brainstorming. There's a, uh, a distinct uh, paradigm shift, a whole new way of thinking and awareness. Now, we can blend these two together. As a matter of fact, that's the whole point of uh, compartmentalizing everything is so that you can learn this skill and learn this other skill and once you understand both of them then you can blend them together very well if you just try to do this stuff um, and you rush it without really understanding what you're doing you're never going to get the great results and you're just going to get confused and you're going to run out and buy this book on tarot and that book on tarot and i've seen it happen over and over and i i spent 15 years doing that so i'm trying to help you guys avoid that mistake Please, just take the time to study the basics, learn them, master them. It doesn't take that long, and the rewards are self-evident. But that being said, I'm going to assume that everybody's doing that so that I can get to this next point. We have our cards on the table. We know where we want to go. We kind of understand where we're at now. We've got a few cards here. We've got some cards placed along the way. Maybe we've got a good start. Like, oh, I know the next couple of steps I need to do, and then nothing. Or, uh, I know what I need to do, I just don't know what to do first, or, or I don't know how to get there. I mean, you, there are holes in your path. Um, at this point, you can take a brand new fresh deck. Now, we're talking about three decks. Uh, there's, no, there's no shame in working with three, four, five decks. Uh, you have your deck on the wall. You have your deck that you're pulling cards specifically. We are not drawing cards. Oh, which card? No. Uh, you're physically going through and looking for a card, and that's the card you're going to place down. And, and that's your, all of this is choosing cards. But on the third deck, in a nice, full, complete deck that is shuffled, um, this deck is the one where you can look at your... Um, blossoming spread. You can look at the cards that are on the table that represent your path uh, to your goal or options that you can take. And you can focus in on one place and say, okay, I understand steps one, two, three, and seven. Ah, four, five, six, I got nothing here. I, I don't know how to leap from here to there. That's when you can take your third deck, your other deck, and move back into divination mode. And you can shuffle and shuffle and shuffle and shuffle. And focus, use all the techniques that I've taught you guys before. And focus on one specific 
aspect of your problem. For example, that, that four, five, six, uh, th those steps. And pull a card as advice. Pull a card as a solution. Um, now, a solution is a dangerous word because I don't want you to, to go in with the idea that one card will solve all your problems. But we want one sharp, powerful message. Now, why do we do a brand new deck? Because when we're doing divin uh, divinatory uh, methodology, we want all our options uh, available to us. The cards on the table represent the path we're taking. That's fine. Um, this is part of our brainstorming process. But now we got to put on a different hat. Got to go to the other side of the table, so to speak. It's like, oh, okay, I'm, now I'm Madame Zelda. Shuffle, 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 shuffle. And we, uh, there's no, it's always Madame Zelda. There's no, like, Monsieur Zelda. Zelda. Monsieur, Monsignor. Oh, that'd be cool. Monsignor Zelda. Oh, I, I bow to your, your worshipfulness. Um, pull a card, and again, don't don't pull in a trap of three card spreads, please, please don't. Just pull one card as advice to answer the specific question you have regarding a specific point where your plan falls apart or where there's missing information or you want to say, well, well how do I do this? Hmm. Does that make sense, Nate? Yeah, no, I'm thinking in my head already I kind of have... Good, because I'm going to hit you up real soon here in a moment. <laughs> um, so, brainstorming, it, it's not hard. I mean, hell, you don't need me to tell you how to do it, but I'm laying out the techniques that are simple, easy, quick, and work amazingly well. These are the best ones I've found. Uh, if you want the long version, get advanced terror secrets. You, you dig through it and really, you know, plus I have example spreads, whatever. But for, for right here and now, that all, all of you listening, and thank you, by the way, for listening, but all of you can, can get results, you know, today. I'm just tapping at my invisible watch, which just works really well over a Oh, yeah, I understand what he's doing. What the hell is he? <laughs> um, Use that, and then when you get stuck, switch hats, go to divination mode, grab your extra deck, blah, 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 blah. Now, let's go backwards. It's, it's If you're going to be using your cards for, for brainstorming, um, can you work with one deck and one deck only? Absolutely. Uh, if you want to do divination and ask a question, yeah, you can use the same deck that you're that you're brainstorming with. I prefer that you would have a, a nice clean deck. Um, if funds are tight, use one deck. You'll be fine. You're gonna have to work a little harder, but that's okay. That's what practice is for. If uh, if you can scratch up enough coinage to have two decks or 15 decks or a, or a thousand decks because you're a collector, you know, that's fine too. The point is, this technique needs to be accessible to everyone, no matter what their economic status is. But, if you can, you know, and everybody can really afford three decks. It's a matter of um, priorities, focus, and saving, you know, maybe a little extra work. I've, I've been there myself. 
when you're brainstorming, use a deck that speaks to you visually. For example, I like the uh, the ones done by Pamela Coleman Smith because the system uh, is as it was designed, you know, uh, through the Golden Dawn. Uh, for that specific purpose, um, there are other wonderful decks, um, and, I, and I use them, and I'm not going to go into a big list of them. But some decks are, are uh, better designed than others, despite the fact that they have pretty images or not. But use the deck that speaks to you. Now, this, this is where we get a, uh, in, two interesting uh, points here. One is, deck has to speak to you, meaning the visuals have to work. But then, when I say the deck has to speak to you, I'm using the same language to talk about a deck that you interact with. So if you have two exact decks, and one is the deck that you've built a bond with, the cards are all worn and, and uh, they're bendy and uh, you know they're not stiff, they don't cut your hands because the edges are too sharp. You've, you've done readings with them. That's going to be your working deck. That's going to be the deck that you use for divination if you need. Um, the other deck, which is exactly the same, except it's not the deck you work with every single time. It's not the, It's not your, your go-to deck when you need good answers. Um, this other deck that you're using for brainstorming, it's just a source of visuals. So, so it's okay if, um, if it doesn't speak to you. Save your best deck for divination, even if you don't. Even if you don't do any divination, even if you're just brainstorming and brainstorming, and go all the way through and go, wow, okay, I figured it out without having to reach outside of myself and ask for help. That's fine too, because um, brainstorming is all about using your knowledge and the visualization. Uh, I mean, the visual uh, visuals of the tarot are, and. We are accessing your intuition. We are getting help from the gods, but we're getting it much more directly. We're not using the tarot as a filter, such as you would with divination, where you ask a question, the card comes up, and you have to interpret through the card what information you're getting. Uh, with brainstorming, it's a much more direct path. Now, this is not better than divination, um, it's not worse. It's a matter of use the tools that you have at your disposal and use the right tool for the job. So I've explained that to death. So we're going to do a real life example here in the time that we have. Um, I said this would be short. It's not. Nate, uh, in the time that we have, tell me what, again, remember this going out to the world. So. Hmm. Nothing that you'll regret having recorded. What do you want to accomplish? What sh simple, short, powerful thing uh, it, it, over your lifetime? Uh, yeah, this, I mean, this, even this, it's really like per yes. right now, and um, you know, I just want to basically find a way that I can support myself doing the things that I actually love doing and am passionate about, as opposed to having to kind of do stuff that that isn't really aligned with with how I really feel on the inside, you know, and I. So that's the classic di dilemma shared by, well, if we believe the Occupy people, what is it, 99% of all humanity is how do we stop renting our time just so I can pay the 
rent, you know, all the rent. How, how do I stop renting my life out to somebody else so that I can get, in, you know, enough shekels to, to you know, eat and, and have a comfortable place? And how do I support myself doing what I love? Um, how do I find that life that I want? Did yeah. I, is that, is that right? Yeah, no, that's really, uh, and I know it's probably whatever. No, no, it's important. Everybody like has to face that question. Yeah. And a lot of people just avoid it. You know, as a matter of fact, the more money we get paid by our boss, the just because we're wearing a diamond uh, encrusted slave collar hmm. doesn't mean we're not a dog on a leash. You know, it's just it's it's a it's a more luxurious cage in which we live. Now, there's an argument for living in a, um, a luxurious cage versus, you know, living out in the wild where we have to fend for ourselves. But this is where people have to trade secu uh, security for freedom. And, and you know, um, are they fear-based or adventure-based? And, and again, we're, this is something that happens to all of us. So with you, you're at a point, and tell me if I'm wrong, where... You've got enough security that you're allowed. Uh, if, if anybody you've studied uh, astrology with me, you, you left octave one, and now we're looking into octave three. You're you're comfortable. You're okay. You're getting by, and so naturally, you'd like to do something more with your life. Do something that's more akin to you. Yes. No. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm just listening. Oh, I want to. I, I'm sorry. I don't monopolize the conversation, but I want to make sure that I really reach out and that we can connect with the people listening, that we can translate what you're going through into something that they're going through. Yeah. I mean, I could expound on it. You know, I just, um, I think that sometimes the source of some of my, I don't know what to call it, unhappiness or my stress or whatever comes from the fact that you know, my outside life and pursuits and a lot of the stuff that I spend a lot of time doing uh, don't match up with the things that, you know, I really feel like I want to be doing or that I'm here to be doing. And, um, but, you know, I've fallen in that same thing of like, you know, the real world and you got to make it work somehow. Um, well, we were talking uh, last week about uh, the inner world versus the outer world. Yeah. So, and then how, you know, when they, when they don't match, we have, um, we have disparity. We have uh, psychological frustration. Frustration is actually a tool. Um, it's funny because frustration frustration gets uh, labeled as the the enemy, but frustration is our best friend. Everybody, next time you get frustrated, I want you to say thank you, Jesus, or you know, basically just pat yourself on the back. Say, Yay! Um, frustration is your brain's tool that says, "Hey, things aren't going my way." Yeah. Why, aren't, why aren't you people bowing to me? What the hell's wrong with you? You know, <laughs> without frustration, we would just waste our life going, "Wow, oh, it's okay." And then we get to our life and go, "Didn't I want to do something? Didn't I want to be something?" Frustration is is nature's motivation. It's not pleasant. It's not pretty, but it forces us to go. I'm I'm going to do something. So, uh, and, and depression is also a wonderful tool. Unfortunately, it, it's. Uh, it, it tends to to over overtake us. So frustration, though, is very motivational. 
it's uh, it forces us to, to poop or get off the pot, you know. It's like mm-hmm. live your dreams or, or do something about this or, or quit. So, all right, enough jibber jabber. Uh, on my part, so simple, easy, concrete. Um, okay. Vagarities—that's the word that I've made up. Things that are vague uh, don't. I, I probably didn't make it up. It's probably somebody made it up a long time ago, and I just rediscovered it by accident. Um, things that are vague, things that are unspecified. Uh, they're like a cloud. You, you, I've flown through a cloud. Well, anybody who's flown has probably flown through a cloud. Um, you, you can't really grasp it. You can look at the sky and go, ooh, there's a cloud. But when you try to reach it, your hand goes right through it. We need something solid, something tangible. What would you like to do? Wait, I got it. I got it. Twisted sister. What do you want to do with your life? <laughs> I don't know. It's a crappy video. It's like I'm a million years old. but It's appropriate. It's apropos. Hit me, Nate. What do you want to do? Okay, so, I mean, and I mean, a couple of cars definitely stuck out to me. No, I mean, I no, no. See, and see, boys and girls, this is exactly the problem that you guys might have with the tarot. Too many people do. I asked Nate what he wanted to do, and he started talking about cards. Don't have your internal dialogue where you immediately jump to cards to describe what you think. Say what you think. Write down what you think. Speak what you think. Don't worry. Nobody's going to... I'd like to make a good living, you know, doing... I'd I, I like to make a good living. Yeah, I want a million dollars. Fuck a good living. What do you want to do? The money will follow. I want to make music and get paid for it. That's the... See? Right there, people. Nate wants to be a professional musician. Can I say professional musician? Yeah. Can I say popular professional musician popular <laughs> meaning you know hey people buy my records yeah i'm a professional nobody i mean i i do this for a living but uh no okay so there look at me i, I pulled a hemingway on you popular professional musician three words <laughs> um you can use whatever terminology you like but again folks this is the the unwritten secret of making this work you have to grab onto. I'm going to grab onto my microphone, but it'll probably make funny noises. But you got to grab onto something physical and say, "This is what I want." You know, encapsulate. Uh, even if your goal is intangible, you know, I want world peace. Well, what do you mean by that? Oh, well, I want everybody to get along. Okay, okay. Popular professional musician. Um, give me one card that would be a good primary card that doesn't represent popular professional musician but represents you as you see yourself uh, let's jump ahead five ten me years. right now no listen to me Nate let's jump ahead five ten years you are you're, you're there you're the man you're you're picking Bon Scott or, uh, or uh, Chris Brown or <laughs> Jimmy Page or Robert Page. I mean, you're... The thing is, I... I Liberace. The point <laughs> is that that is you. You know, these names that I pulled out of the past, other than Chris Brown or, or um, uh, Jay-Z, you know, um, I could name a lot of people, but the people I've named, if you've heard of them, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, that's you're, you're that guy. You okay. are a musician. People know you're a musician. People pay good money to go see you play because they have a good time. 
what one card, and it could be general. It doesn't say it doesn't explain everything. But one what one card is the closest to your mental image hmm. of you. Screw what the tarot means. Okay. What cards? Yeah, are. I'm oh, just gonna I, take a second. Myself, right there. Wanna... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm just gonna take a second because I wanna. And okay, that's great. And while you're doing that, I'm gonna I'm gonna blather on. Uh, folks at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. This is too much fun. Um, um, this is what you need to do. I kind of, you know. Yeah, Nate, tell me. The uh, the page of coins. I like that. You know what? Uh, it doesn't matter what card I might have picked. It matters what you can see inside your head. It's like ah, does it? Yes. Now, the beauty of this, folks, is you guys can always change your minds, but you need to have some place to start. Uh, and I'm not saying pick a half-assed card, but I'm saying pick the card that, you know, was it there's, uh, I, I've heard this thing, there's Mr. Right and there's Mr. Right Now or Mr. Right For Now, or you can probably say Miss Right For Now. I, I, I haven't heard of, that there's a Mrs. Right or Miss Right, but, uh, you know, does that make that a sexist term? I don't know. <laughs> the point is that there's a there's a card that's right for right now, and it may be the right card, or it may be like, ooh, and then later on you're like, I really wish I would have chose this card. Well, choose that card. That's fine. Um, we're, we're, nothing is nailed down. You know, we're not taking a nail and going, you, you stay there. Glue it on the back. Ha ha, you're stuck there. Uh, no, it's, you, that's a beautiful card. So pick it up, put it back in the deck. All right, so right now, the essence is whether or not other cards to support or shape or clarify that, that is the gold card. Now, we're just going to do a very, very simple version of this because we're running long and Nate does have to go. But um, let's not use anything to significate where you're at now. Um, okay. Okay. We've gone over the process. People should understand it. If they don't, damn book. Um, Advanced Tarot Secrets, available in fine stores near you or on Amazon.com, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and if you live in Europe, um, people ask me all the time, where can I get your book? The Book Depository. I think it's called bookdepository.com. They ship anywhere in the world absolutely free. That's what they say. I mean, if you're in Antarctica, I don't know if anybody ships there. But, uh, all right. Yes, penguins. Hey, yes, we're number one with penguins in tarot podcast. Um, now, this is not about being a musician. This is about paying your way through life as a musician. You wake up and your job, hey, boss is knocking on your door, Nate. Your job is to write a song today or your job is to go out and play or your job is to do some marketing because unfortunately being a creative person you now have to do our marketing but i mean literally it you still have to punch a clock you know what do the guys say uh it's a fun job but it's still a job you know? mm. so looking at it that way takes a little bit of the fun out of it but it it reminds you that this isn't all about um you know parties and 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 prostitutes and cocaine. This is about making music and getting paid for it. 
whatever you do in your personal life ain't none of my business. Oh, I want to change my answer then. If it, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be king of coins. Damn it, that's three cups. Yeah. Um. So, by and I say this specifically because the concept of being a musician or an artist and even an author, it's, sometimes it seems like it's like, ah, oh, just get to sit around and dream up ideas. And well, technically that's true. Um, I've found over the years, one of the best secrets of being an author, uh, a successful author, is to get up and approach it like a job. Like, oh man, I better put in eight hours of writing today. Because if I had, I've had jobs before, I had to go and put eight hours in, of work in, otherwise my boss would fire me. So if I don't want to be fired from my cushy job, I got to get up and do it. So I want you to imagine at some point in the year, at some point in the future, we're saying one, two, three, five years. We're not, I'm going to leave that cloudy because I don't want that to stain your thinking just yet. Because this is brainstorming, not planning. This is preliminary to planning. Um, you are waking up most days of the week, at least three, hopefully five. Um, and you're going to put at least eight hours of actual physical labor in um, playing your instrument, writing, recording, um, researching. But you're, you're, you're going to do something. So that, uh, let's say the page of coins, represents that. Um, For me, that what you just described, I clearly have a card in mind. Okay, let's change the card. Part of it. Give me a new card, please. Um, for, for that part of waking up, putting in the time, the hard work would be the eight of coins. Okay, so let's put the page of coins there, and let's put the page of coins below the eight of coins. Now, uh, it probably shouldn't be at the end. It probably shouldn't be right by uh, the page of coins. No, just but, what you just described about that. That's what came into my head really easily, and that's what I'm looking at on the wall. And was, right, absolutely. See, there's there's the process in motion. So we know that to be that, God, I know I'm going back to the 70s, to be that jukebox hero, <laughs> to be that money for nothing, you know, guy, hey, working, where, uh, you know, to be that, that guy, um, you are going to have to put in the work. Well, okay, that's fine. Um, now, because we're running out of time, I got a short change, you guys, but again, get the book. Um, at this point, we need. We look for holes. We go. Uh, well, okay. I've stated the obvious, but also, you know, by by saying, of course, it's work. But it's not just laying down a card and saying, well, this is obvious. Obviously, I have to work at it. It's the process of shaping your awareness of the process. The process meaning the path that you're going on, um, not the process of the cards. Uh, it's shaping the awareness of the path. And so looking at it that way, you're going to say, well, now we have a, between here and the eight of coins, we have to find a way to transition. Right now, you may be putting in one to three hours a day or one to 15 hours a week um, towards your full-time musical goal. Whereas work, work, may take up 30 or 40 hours of your week. So we have to wean you off of work and supplement that with musical work. Um, so since we're brainstorming, we want to know what's the fastest, easiest way there. Hmm. And using tarot, 
because of, I know we're not just picking up tarot cards for the first time and doing this. Because we have been using the tarot up until now, because we have learned the basics, the tarot is now associated with our subconscious mind. We are able to look at the cards and draw inference and draw a draw inference from, from the meanings of the cards, uh, from the images of the cards, from our experiences with the cards. And that, that helps us uh, find a better depth of meaning. But we can also um, use the cards to spark our imagination. So, big deal, we've got the page of coins and the eight of coins. Um, at this point, though, we need to look at maybe what the next steps are. Or if you don't know what the next steps are, we work backwards. Or we can say, well, one of the things that I will have to have, we have like a circumstantial card. If we want to make a direct path from where we are to where you want to be, Nate, um, yeah. the things you need to do should probably follow a column or maybe a split column where it's like two or three rows, but they're all kind of tightly um a highway to your destination but if we need to represent circumstances or outside forces well I need a record company contract well I need an agent well I need somebody else to come in uh, and, and uh, I need a good uh, sound engineer um, I would put those cards off to either the left or the right again if you're into the, the uh, left versus right you get a paradigm for that you make all the left means this that do it if you're in the whole geometry thing do it if you don't left right doesn't matter um, you know, pick your own meanings. But the the farther away anything would be from that core column, the more circumstantial it is. And this way you're actually painting um, a two-dimensional mosaic to represent a three-dimensional, four-dimensional reality because we've got time to figure out factor injury. But if you need something circumstantial, um, you can pull a card to represent that and put that off to the side it's still in your mosaic, it's still in your spread, but it doesn't need to go right in the middle. So this way you can see how things off to the side come to play at some point that allow you to move in a straight direction. And if you want to, you can even uh, protect yourself from distraction, which is the greatest enemy of all, by understanding things like Nate, and again, folks, I'm not against anything. I'm just saying that as a musician, Nate's going to have to deal with the big three demons, drugs, alcohol, women, that are a huge distraction to I get up every day, I do my music, and I get on stage and people are like, yay, it's Nate, yay. Um, some people look at drugs and alcohol and women as the reward, and who knows, they may be. I'm not one here to moralize. But I do say they are a distraction. And until you are king of the castle, you know, until you're the top dog, you have to be careful not to pull a Kurt Cobain, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, do I really need to go on? I probably do. Uh, Lane Staley. Uh, uh, well, what's your name? Try to make me go to rehab. Amy Winehouse. Yes. Yeah. Guess what? There'll be another one coming along any day now. Um, because your goal isn't to like flame out and be famous. Your your goal is to be famous and, and, and kind of just enjoy 
being you and doing what you do. So you can you can actually even lay out cards if you want uh, that go off in a diagonal that show, ooh, I'm going off here, and realizing what uh, steps take you away from where you want to go and therefore setting in your mind now an awareness um, so that you know what to look out for. So you can't get too far off the path without going, oh, <laughs> I, I already did this. I mean, I already wrote this down. I saw it visually. I know where this leads. It's not good. The point of brainstorming and, and all this is that it may sound pedantic. It may sound very basic, but this is how we can use our stupid little deck of cards to make amazing results in our life. Yes, we can still ask questions. We're not, there's nothing wrong with that. But we can use this, this amazing deck for so many different things. And, and this is just one small slice. Read Advanced Tarot Secrets. I know, it's a commercial, right? Um, there's, there's tons of different techniques. This is just one of them. But by using the brainstorming technique, and I'm sorry if I went and over-explained everything, but I needed to make sure that I got it into you. If this is the only podcast you ever heard, yeah, I didn't have either book. I need you to be able to kind of figure it out for yourself and, and just based on this information and get results and go, hey, wow, my life is better because of it. Um, Nate, did you have any questions on this? I know that we could go infinitely more in depth, but it is a podcast, not like a course lesson. So I'm just kind of sampling. But do you have any questions on this? If I missed something? I mean, I think that it was explained really well. And um, it's kind of, I was good because I'm going to, even today, I mean, I have this fresh in my head. And uh, it's inspiring to know that there's like tools like this out there. Because, uh, yeah. Well, it's, thank you for the nice shiny apple. Um, I, I definitely, uh, and folks, I'll tell you this. Um, I don't know what stage name Nate will go by, you know, someday, so I can't say Spirit anything. Spirit Wolf. Look for this guy. What? Spirit Wolf. Spirit Wolf. All right. The The point is, is that I can tell you that Nate has really implemented things. Uh, and uh, Oh, I was going to say that guitar that you just picked up, I hope that that car guitar is your Lucille. I, I hope that that's the, you know, your, 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 your musical soulmate. Hmm. Um, only only time will tell, but I've got a good good feeling about that. Um, so the reason why I had Nate on here is I wanted to give him a chance to reinforce what, what he's learned and what he's working on so that he can get greater and greater results. And then I can bring him back and say, hey, look, see, it works, because I want it to work for you guys. Um, and nothing nothing sells like success. So hmm. Becky on it, Nate on it, Rebecca on um and I love having people on who've, who've done the work so we can say, here's an example. Just try it. Just do it. It doesn't cost you any money. Uh, there is no magic without sacrifice. I mean, you're going to have to do the work. Um, but, uh, hey, for free, it's not a bad bargain. You know, I get a good life in the, out of the process. Yay. <laughs> so if you have any questions, folks, write me. Um Again, I just woke up today, so I'm a little, uh, so, oh, hey, it's coffee. I haven't even drank it yet. Mm. Ah, crap, it's cold. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. I know you got to go. I appreciate you being here. Um, thanks for having me. Everybody, thanks for listening. Do me a favor. If you don't have the book, 
easiest way to learn the tarot ever uh, or advanced tarot secrets. Uh, I will be resuming free written lessons soon, but I've been working on and will continue to work on the easiest way to learn astrology ever. That uh, is coming out in uh, late spring, early summer. So just bear with me if you haven't been getting like a whole bunch of free lessons. I will continue to do podcasts and uh, we'll start doing some new videos. But if you have any questions, just email me, me at deathlyright.net. Comment on the podcast, subscribe on iTunes, and head over to Advanced Tarot Secrets and sign up for our free lessons. That way you'll get all of them. Nate, have a good day. Thanks for being here. Thanks.